Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm honored to have Dr. Lori Stevens as my guest today. Dr. Stevens has recently returned to the Health Group in Los Angeles as the Director of Program Development, where she previously served as the Director of Autism Spectrum Disorder Programs and was instrumental in designing the Young Learners Preschool and the social and behavioral programs throughout Village Glen School as well as the Village Glen Camp and after-school social skills programs. During her time away from the help group, Dr. Stevens joined the team at Education Spectrum, where she provided individual and group therapy, social skills classes, and psychoeducational and diagnostic testing. There, she developed an interest in the overlap between gender incongruence and autism spectrum disorder. After 12 years of clinical service, Dr. Stevens returned to the help group to help them develop Kaleidoscope, the first of its kind LGBTQ plus program for children, teens, and adults who are also neurodivergent. She is working to establish a specialty diagnostic clinic for transgender and non-binary folk who suspect they may also have ASD. Dr. Stevens is a highly regarded public speaker and in demand both nationally and internationally to educate others on the many aspects of autism spectrum disorder. Welcome, Lori, and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the important work you're doing to help better the quality of life for all those with special needs. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be here. So to begin, um, tell me, how did your interest in the overlap between gender incongruence and ASD develop? Well, it really developed through my clinical practice. I uh, started out working primarily with relatively young children, and clients wound up wanting to stay with me as they got older. And over the years, I started to notice that many of my clients were coming out as transgender or coming out as non-binary, so feeling like they didn't um, really relate to either being a female or a male, but just a human. And I had other clients who came out as being gay or lesbian, um, clients who came out as being asexual. And I started to think it seemed to be a high percentage of my clients. It seemed I felt like this seems like it's more than what I might find in the general population. And I wasn't sure if that was just because maybe clients um, on the autism spectrum were more open and more willing to talk about this, or if there really might be an overlap. So... As you do nowadays, you get on the Internet and you look up research, and there was a body of research that I had been unaware of up until then that really did talk about that there is a strong overlap. It's about 25% of transgender folk who also meet the criteria for having an autism spectrum disorder. And then I realized that I had a newfound passion, which was really in developing services for this population that seemed to be very misunderstood and didn't really have resources and places to go. Well, have you found that there is a particular relationship between gender incongruence and ASD? And if so, what is that correlation that it seems to have? It's interesting because 
there there is a correlation, but what exactly it is, we're not sure yet. And by that, what I mean is we do know that there's about a quarter of the transgender population who also meet the criteria for an autism spectrum disorder. But the question is, is there a true overlap? Is there something, let's say, genetic or chromosomal or um, neurological that makes these, um, a person with an autism spectrum disorder also um, have gender incongruence, which just means that you feel like the sex that you were assigned at birth does not align with the sex that or the gender that you feel um, you are. So that's what we refer to in terms of gender incongruence. And so, um, again, there's a lot of qualities about an auti- about the autism spectrum that we know oftentimes um, they might not be quite as interested in following some social norms. They might not be as interested in how their presentation is going to be interpreted or accepted by others, which might make them feel much more free to present as who they truly are. So it might be that there are more transgender, gender non-binary folk in the world that are not on the spectrum who haven't really yet, especially at a young age, felt comfortable to present as their authentic self because they're more aware of the social ramifications and so they're less likely to come out where perhaps um, a good thing about those on the autism spectrum is that they feel like they want to be authentic from day one. And so they don't follow always or feel as confined by the social norms that other people might be confined by. So it's hard to say whether it's just that we're, we're, we don't yet know how many transgender folk there really are out there. Um, or whether there truly is about a quarter of them who also present with an autism spectrum disorder. Are there any current theories as to why there is such a strong overlap? There are multiple theories, um, and really a lot of the theories have to do uh, right now with potential um, exposure to testosterone in womb and um, whether there's an excess of exposure to these types of um, sex-related, um, um, like, you know, testosterone and androgen and things like that, and that maybe that also produces transgender presentations um, as, as a child develops. So, again, it's unclear kind of what, why one person might um, feel like they have gender incongruence and another person doesn't. There's not anything clear scientifically. There's not any clear difference within the brain. But alternately, we also haven't figured out exactly what causes autism. And we also know that there's a variety of different presentations of autism. So perhaps this is a subset of the autism spectrum, why we call it a spectrum. And there's also a gender spectrum. And so perhaps there, there's a point on both of these spectrums where they overlap. And it might be related to the exposure to sex hormones in fetal development. And it might, it might be caused by a variety of other things. But what we do know is that it's not caused by anything societal. So it's not how a child is raised. Um, it's not exposure to seeing homosexuality on TV or something like that. It's definitely something that's going on in the early fetal development that's causing the, these two things to converge.
That's a very interesting theory. Um, so tell me, what is Kaleidoscope doing to provide help for this population? And also, why hasn't this been talked about before? Well, um, that, that your second question is a great question. Let me address um, the first question, and that is... Um, Kaleidoscope started um, from this need of seeing that there were a lot of clients who identified in two different ways, and that was they identified as being on the autism spectrum, and they identified as being transgender, gender non-binary. And there didn't appear to be any good uh, clinical treatments out there for people who had what we might refer to as, let's say, a double rainbow. So you're on the autism spectrum and you also um, are transgender, gender non-binary. And so we thought that um, here at the help group that what we wanted to do was start a program where we provide individual therapy so somebody who might be uh, gender nonconforming and also who is neurodivergent, and the majority of that population is on the autism spectrum, because you're going to do therapy with a person on the autism spectrum in a particular way, given um, given what their particular needs are. So, and then you're going to have the treatments that we know have been effective so far. And when I say treatments, I do not mean attempt to change somebody's gender identity, but rather to affirm their gender identity and to help them become as authentic as they can be and to feel comfortable being who they are. And so there was nothing really out there that talked about how do you combine these two types of therapeutic treatments. And so we, what we've done here at Kaleidoscope is we've brought in therapists who are well-trained in both working with um, the clients with autism and also clients who are transgender or gender nonconforming. And we're working to develop a treatment model that we know will have efficacy that we can then share with other people. Um, also, within the standards of care for um, folks who are transgender and want to get gender confirmation surgery, it's been recommended by the American Medical Association that, that all of these folks also get a screener at a minimum for autism, and not that that would prevent them from getting their gender surgery, but that it would be important to know, again, for treatment implications. But nobody was doing these diagnostic evaluations, and so because my background was strong in being able to do diagnostic evaluations for the autistic population, we decided that we would work to start um, a diagnostic clinic that specializes in doing diagnostic evaluations for the transgender and gender nonconforming population. And um, so that has actually been going very well. And um, again, we're working to develop models and systems that then could be shared with other people uh, and other therapists. And then um, we're also providing those services um, are, you can come here through uh, Department of Mental Health or Medi-Cal. You can come here through insurance. You can come here through private pay. But then we're also offering all kinds of social events, so safe space social, social events. We have um, Creative Expressions Club where kids can come and um, share any type of art that they do, so songs that they write, poetry that they might be doing. 
And um, we also have, so upcoming, we have a Valentine's Day dance. So this will be, again, for many of the folks with autism might not want to go to a dance because it might be sensory overwhelming to them. So there's going to be too many people. The music is going to be too loud. They won't be in control of what music is played. And many LGBTQ folks feel like they're not going to be accepted in their high school dance let's say, um, and that, that it might not be a safe space for them. So we're providing a safe space dance where the music will be quieter. There's actually two rooms, so you can have loud music or quiet music, depending, and you can go in between the two, two rooms, and it's completely safe to be who you are. And, um, and so we're trying to provide these types of activities also so that people can develop a stronger friend base with those people that they feel like they best relate to. That's so, terrific. Yeah, so that's Kaleidoscope. I'm very excited about it. We are we are still new. We are still growing, uh, but um, but I think that ultimately we're we're meeting a need that right now is not being met um, other places. And then um, your second question, I believe, was and why hasn't this happened before? Is that why hasn't yeah I, why hasn't this been talked yeah. about before? Yeah, I think it's it's actually it's a very very new thought. I think the whole idea of um, specialized therapy for LGBTQ wall folk, while this has been around for a long time, as we know politically, um, you know what LGBTQ folks are entitled to. Can they can they be fired because they're LGBTQ? Can they get married? Can they get keeps changing. And I think it's been, unfortunately, an ignored population um, in terms of what's the best way to do therapy. And then when you add in that there's going to be folks and the LGBTQ folks who also are going to have some neurodivergent difficulties and issues. And people just haven't been looking at that. Everybody's been looking at everything as autism is autism and, um, you know, an LGBTQ person is LGBTQ first. And, um, and so it's just now that people are beginning to realize that there's a lot more um, double and triple populations out there and that we need to figure out ways to provide services and particularly therapeutic interventions that address the full spectrum of the person who's presenting to us and not just say, you know, insurance has kind of led us to say, well, what are we treating you for? And that's kind of how we're going to conceptualize you. And because a lot of insurance companies don't pay for, um, let's say, you can't really say, well, I'm doing treatment for autism because autism is thought to be a lifelong um, issue. And so you have to, let's say, identify that you're dealing with an anxiety difficulty or you're dealing with social thinking or something. And I think now we're beginning to see that we can't just, we can't just go by a, a diagnostic code in order to get paid back by insurance. We need to be able to broaden our scope and, and treat the whole person. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Then uh, how can these double rainbow kids reach out to get help and what can their parents do if they have concerns about their child? Well, I, it's, it's a great question and it, the best thing is when the child has supportive parents. And there is a lot of good research out there that does show that for the LGBTQ population, just having one supportive adult in their life will reduce the chance of suicidality by about 40%. 
So children who have parents who are affirming and accepting are going to, are going to kind of be on the best path. Now, what the parents can always do is they can get in contact with us or they can get in contact with any LGBTQ center that might be closer to them and um, reach out and ask for specialized services and ask for referrals for specialized folk to be able to work with their, with their child and to find out are there, are there um, you know, social activities and are there clubs and are things like that that are safe spaces. And mind you, our kaleidoscope is not exclusive to LGBTQ. So we also have allies who attend all of our events because there are many um, allies who want to be able to, to uh, kind of have a diverse range of friends. And they're allowed to come to our, to our program too. So it's not just LGBTQ and it's not just um, autism spectrum disorders. And that also makes it then so much easier for um, the people that we're treating to then turn around and really join the quote-unquote broader world because they start to feel safe and they know how to pick out their, their safe spaces and their safe people. So parents should really understand that being able to bring their children to events, getting them involved in, let's say, a support group, in a social group, um, and um, if they're feeling like they don't know how to affirm their own child's sexuality or gender, then there, for instance, Kaleidoscope does offer all kinds of parent training also, and um, so they can seek out their own training and their own support groups so that they can feel like, you know, they, it's hard sometimes to know, well, what's the best thing to say and how do I do this? And I accept my child, but I don't know how to say something. And so there, that's what Kaleidoscope and other programs like Kaleidoscope are designed to do. And then for the young people, it's really a matter also of just reaching out, finding where that safe space is for them. And um, really, uh, for those who are out to their parents and they have accepting parents, then they can ask their parents to say, you know, I'd like to be more involved in activities that are related to folks like me, double rainbow folk. Um, and if they are not yet out to their parents, they should know that there are safe spaces within their schools and they can approach somebody at their school and then their school can always refer them to a program like Kaleidoscope. Um, or there are times when schools have invited Kaleidoscope to come in and do trainings and to provide support for certain clients if they, if they feel like they don't have anybody on staff who would be able to, to provide that support. So um, I really encourage any child to know that there is always a safe space for them to find and we are there to make sure that they are safe and healthy. Well, at this point, I'd like to ask you, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't covered, and what do you think is the most important takeaway for our listeners to remember from our conversation? I think the most important takeaway is to understand that there is um, an overlap between autism spectrum disorders and the LGBTQ community, and we should be embracing of this and not 
not say, well, my child already has one issue and I don't want them to have another issue. LGBTQ um, is a marginalized population, but it's not a mental health disorder. It's not a psychological disorder. It's just a way of being. Um, but certainly it is a marginalized population. So I think, you know, encouraging your child to be authentic and to accept who they are. And um, if you feel like you can't accept as a parent um, that you seek out your own support and your own therapy to come to be able to accept and help your child become the most authentic and the happiest person that they can possibly be. And if there's any young folk listening, I would really let them know that there is help out there. Um, anybody who ever feels suicidal can always get in touch with the Trevor Project Suicide Hotline. Um, and they, and if they start to go to events, they will discover that there's actually lots of other young folk like them and that they can bond and become friends with them and live the best possible life that they can live. How can our listeners reach you if they have questions or if they want to know more? Um, they can always email me and, um, my email is L for Lori, L, and then my last name S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, Stevens, at thehelpgroup.org. And they can always check out our website, which is www.kaleidoscopelgbtq.org. And kaleidoscope is a funny word, but it's, it, it's K-L-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E. K-L-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E. That's how the hard word to spell sometimes. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Lori, so much for your time and for sharing some very important information with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life. <laughs>